us go to God in prayer this morning. The clock has moved to the afternoon. And we say thank you, Lord, this day for your mercy, your love, and your grace. We thank you for our families. But we ask a special blessings to the families who are grieving for loss and sadness of their loved ones. Help us to call upon you this day, O oh Lord, for your guidance. We call upon Jesus for his undying love. We call upon the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Move me behind the cross and allow your words to touch your people's ears. Let their ears feel your words. Let their hearts feel your love. And let them accept the freedom you give to them. In Jesus' name we pray. The sermon titled this morning is simply Rewards. Everyone's gotten one of those promotional packets in the mail that says, you are the winner of X, Y, and Z. Or maybe you've gotten the telephone call that says, we're calling from the reward center. If you dial these three numbers, we have something free for you. Or if you get emails, there's a lot of times that junk mail comes in that says, free, free, free. We've got something for you that's free. That's not the reward that I'm talking about today. We have had an awesome, awesome week in the Lord. Many of us have served on one or two different things this week. Some of us have traveled far and near. And some of us that are missing this morning are even at a 40th class reunion. I don't know what you were doing in 1965. Some of our youth weren't even born in 1965. I don't know what song was playing in the summer, but maybe it was the swim. Maybe it was the jerk. Maybe it was the Motown sound. Something was going on, but 1965, I was such a young girl then. Such a tenderoni. And I only know those songs because, you see, I had older uncles, and you know how it is in the family. Somebody plays the music, and they're your babysitters. You know how that is. I was a little young girl then. But lots of things go on in the summer, and lots of things center around rewards. And, and if you can remember when you were a child and you played jacks or you jumped double dutch or played one another, played tag and round the corner, all the different games, there was a reward if you were the winner. There was a game called King of the Hill or tag or many other things, but the important thing about many of those games, you wanted to get to the front or the head of the class. And the reward was to be able to tell your older sister or brother or your cousin who you really didn't like, you can go sit down now because I'm the head of the class. So there's a lots of different
kind of rewards, but that's not the reward I'm talking about either. I'm talking about the reward that Matthew is talking about. I'm talking about the reward that only God can present to each and every one of us. But this morning's worship is simply about checking out the reward of righteousness, the rewards of glory, and the rewards of serving as people of God. I had a lot of time to think about rewards this week because I was in camp and there were lots of children that would come up to me and say, let me show you my reward. Let me show you what I did in art class. Let me show you what I got for being the first to finish the race at Bible study. Let me show you what I got from slip and slide. For you see, though I was the senior high co-director, I was the only African-American in leadership in the King's history. Yes, we had multiple counselors, four as a matter of fact, and all the African-American leadership came because God sent us. So the reward to the camp wasn't that we were African-American. The reward to the camp was that we brought God with us. And we shared God with everyone we passed. We never missed the chance to say good morning. We never missed an opportunity to say, bless you, Lord. And we never missed an opportunity to stay engaged. I can't speak for all the other camps, but I can speak for Senior High. There was a lot of worship that was different than ours. There was a lot of music that we don't play guitar. But it didn't mean that we didn't worship God, and it didn't mean that we didn't get a reward, and it didn't mean that we didn't share something different. So I say to you this morning, if Christ offered you a reward, would you be willing to do it? If Christ offered you the package, not the one that comes in the mail, not the one that you get the telemarketing call, but a package to walk out your spiritual journey and to get the rewards that are due your life, would you receive? Consider that the gift and the reward come from righteousness. Genesis reminds us that on the mount of the Lord, it will survive. So I say to you this morning, I say to you this day, what is the it that's in your life? What is the it that you are being asked to sacrifice? What is the it that you're being called to be obedient about? What is the it that God will provide as your reward of discipleship, as your reward of righteous living? Sometimes we struggle with the reward because we don't particularly want to make the sacrifice. If this sermon had to have a subtitle, it would simply be called, There's a Ram in the Bush, because obedience supersedes sacrifice. 
I don't know about you, but when I read the story of Genesis and I think about my son, if God had called me to take him out to the campsite, because that's what the mountain was like. It was like a rugged campsite. He had to make a fire, and there's places at the campsite that we could make a fire. You have to think about being out in the woods and Lord telling you to take your only son up to the hill. Lay him down on the altar for he has called you to sacrifice. That's a tough call. Because if he called some of us in the 21st century and said, lay your son down as a sacrifice, you say, now wait a minute. I was in labor 92 hours. You want me to do what? Sacrifice him? Lord, you have to have a ram in the bush. But nowhere in this passage does it say that Abraham argues about laying his firstborn. And if we go back to the story, we have to look and see, was he really the firstborn? But that was the son that Jesus had promised, that God had promised that nations would come through. Ishmael was sent off. Though he was Abraham's son, nations would come through him also. But this son, he said, lay him down and sacrifice him. Abraham went up the hill, collected all the wood, gathered at the place, set everything apart, gathered to set his son on the altar. And the angel in the night came and said, You've shown yourself. You have passed the test. You agreed to lay your son on the altar. Stop. And that's when he saw the Lord. He didn't see the ram before he laid him down. He didn't see the ram when the boy was asking, Hey, Dad, why are you pulling all this stuff together? Where's the lamb? Who are you going to sacrifice? He just went right on with it. Mm-hmm. Let me gather my wood. Let me do the things that he called me to do. He didn't say to the boy, Well, um, you're it. You're going to be burnt on the altar, and you're the sacrifice of the afternoon. Can you imagine if you told your son, I'm going to lay you down and sacrifice you, how much trouble that child would give you at that moment? He'd jump up and almost want to strangle. You're going to do what? You're going to kill me? Because God said, what kind of God do we have? What is this? But the act that Abraham did was to pass the test. Abraham passed the test. Because he was willing to be obedient. Abraham passed the test because he sent Hagar and Ishmael away. Abraham passed the test because he went forth with the desire and the willingness to be obedient and sacrifice his son. I can't imagine the conflict that Abraham was feeling in his soul. Can you? I can't really imagine what it's like to have a promise that my sons would be the directors and heads of great nations and the Lord is asking me to lay my son down. I can't imagine. But the reward came because he trusted God. 
The reward came because he had obedience in God. And the reward came because he was willing to do what God had asked him to do, even though it was his son. And then the angel stopped him. And God sent a ram in the bush. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need a ram in the bush. Turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, thanks be to God, he's going to send a ram in the bush. Just as Jesus tested and God tested Abraham, many of us have experienced tests in our lives. I don't know whether it's been on your job. I don't know whether it's been in your home. I don't know whether it's been in your church group. I don't know whether it's been in the choir. I don't know whether it's been at the traffic light with a police officer. On our tent. But we have all experienced some tests in our lives. And those tests sometimes are about readiness, while others are about our faith, and others may be about did you really forgive your twin sister? Have you let your brother off the hook even though he hurt you 20 years ago? Have you let him go? Or do you still have him on the altar? Do you still have him? Standing over and saying, I think you're the one we're supposed to sacrifice. I think you're the one we're supposed to. I, I'm waiting for the ram in the bush, but I'm listening and seeing if you're the one we're supposed to put on the altar. Well, I stopped by here this morning to say, all of us have a test we must pass if we want the reward of the Lord. Commentary writers speak about the book of Matthew and the discourse that we read, those last two verses. And they simply say that those two verses stand as the closing statement to affirm the authority and the empowerment that Jesus gives the disciples to represent him as they walk out their lives. Jesus authorized them to speak on his behalf. Jesus authorized him to represent. Just as we sent our children to camp, they represented St. Paul because everybody wanted to know, what church do those children come from? Everybody wanted to speak about how good those children were. But what they didn't know, that there were children in that group that were not only from St. Paul's, but from, were also from a Baptist church in this community. We brought up a group of people, and it didn't matter what denomination we were. We were there to represent Jesus Christ. And not one of our children got in trouble. Not one of our children got sat down for anything. Not one of our children was set aside and said, you can't participate because you're out of order. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your sin. For, but I thank God for giving us the ability to go someplace and stand on the hill and proclaim who he is in us and who we are in him. And our purpose today is to be all that God has called us to be. In other words, the affirmation and the authorization and the empowerment was there to remind us, just as he told the disciples then, carry out my plan and you will receive my reward. For we are all called to welcome a prophet in Jesus' spirit. 
We are all called to welcome with a spirit of righteousness everyone who walks through the door. We are called to offer water to the little ones. What does that look like? What do the rewards look like? What do our responsibilities look like? Well, after spending a week in the heat with 350-plus children and youth, I have to tell you, it's a whole lot sometimes to accept the call to get the reward that the Lord has for you this day. But it's worth it. Because, you see, I wasn't just a senior high camp person. Whoever drove the car with the yellow, yellow thing on the antenna, it didn't say senior children only. It said anybody can stop you if they have a need. There was a child coming and limping up to the infirmary. I had just left the infirmary. I had already been to Palestine to take somebody to the emergency room. I was a little tired of being the one with the little yellow cuff. And he said, but I'm bleeding. In another time in my life, I would have said, you have flip-flops on, baby. You weren't supposed to have flip-flops on. That's why you're bleeding. But the Lord spoke to my heart and said, okay, let me stop my car. Hold up a minute. I'll bring you around to the other side. I had just got a cold bottle of water out the refrigerator. I felt like that was my bottle of water. But the baby was saying, I'm bleeding. And the Holy Spirit said, give him your water, put him in your car, and take him back to the infirmary. I said, would you like some cold water? That would be helpful. When he got out the car, he was just bleeding. I got an old car, but I still don't want other people's blood on my car. But I had to say, he bleeding, and that's all right. Don't get, <laughs> don't get the acting up now. And when the child got out the car, he was just leaning on me. I said, I, this boy too big for me to carry. I said, just go on and lean. We almost to the nurse. I'm getting in there. <laughs> he done bled on me. I done been to the infirmary two, three times, and my mind was saying, the rewards. <laughs> get a boy some water, and you'll get your reward. And the reward was received because the Lord said, be obedient unto me. He said, look in the mirror and see what I'm sending you. There was lots of miracles and lots of rewards because there was great hospitality extended. But when the boy stuck his foot out and I looked at the flip-flop and we were getting ready to have flip-flop worship in senior high, I said to myself, I sure hope they all don't wear flip-flops down the hill and I don't get no more tall toes because that's something they planned and I was like, so this is why they say no flip-flops at camp. Your feet get tore up. And they were just bleeding and they were, we're getting in the pool back again. Okay, flip-flop worship in the name of Jesus. But you have to recognize that the reward to see the light come on in their life superseded the blood, superseded 
the times that I went back and forth for this one or that one, the times that I had to run in between. Because when the camp goes forward as a group and all the counselors go forward, I didn't realize the directors had to change to the next scene. A lot of times when I got to the place to get some food, the people were looking at me, we're closing. How about just a little something-something? I don't even like chicken dogs, but when you're hungry, chicken dogs are pretty doggone good. That was a reward for the obedience. Simply stated, I close with this. The book of Matthew, the passage is simply telling us, if you want your reward, you've got to be willing to be like Jesus. If you want your reward, you have to be willing to lead with a righteous spirit. You have to be willing to take the next step and have that gift of hospitality, even if it's not your first spiritual gift. you still got to grab hold and run with it. If you want to be like Jesus and you want the rewards that he sent for, you've got to look at him as the model and study him carefully and read his word and say, what did he say about this and what did he say about that? And if you really want to be like Jesus, you've got to give your heart, your soul, your mind, your spirit, your time, your talent, because he said yes. When I look back over this week, I could have missed my gift if I had chose to be sent off. Because when Donald Bonnie and I first got to senior high camp, everybody wanted to transfer out of Donald Bonnie's cabin. Because he had the most mixed cabin. He had some brothers from Viter. He had some brothers from Winnie. He had some brothers from Port Arthur. Everybody assumed. These ones from Port Arthur, they must be in the hood. I don't believe they thought we could be articulate. And when I first opened, opened my mouth, they were like, like deer in the headlights. They were like, but God blessed them anyhow. I could have missed my reward if I chose not to live right, if I had to listen to that first email that came across my forehead, because not every one of my thoughts were glorious and grateful, because as I got tired in the day and grew a little weary, I had to say, holy, holy, holy God, help me wet where I am. And believe me, I had some tests up there that helped me understand just why folks don't go to camp. But I consider telling you, give a child a small glass of water. Take somebody whose toe is bleeding. Visit the sick and shut in. Make a phone call to somebody. They need to hear from you. Because it is with our actions that they see Jesus. And it's through their sight of Jesus that their life might be saved. And the reward to us is the greatest gift. Surrender, surrender. Just surrender. The reward is worth it all.